Welcome back to Hannah's Homestead Podcast, hosted by myself, Hannah Bailey. I am looking forward to talking to you every episode about something that surrounds homesteading, homeschooling, homemaking, how to do, and all of the hacks that you need and want to know about doing this on a budget. Because really, you don't have to drive yourself into debt or be overwhelmed with getting your farm or homestead and self-sufficiency going. Five dogs that are all different ages from 14 to, oh God, God, what is she now? Six months and about 50 chickens and ducks, kind of a mix. We've got four cats, two cockatiels, a koi pond, a fish tank. We kind of I don't know. We always say we're a jack of all trades and a master of none because we kind of do everything. We've got baby doll Southdown sheep that we just started our herd last year and now we have nine. Oh, that's exciting. Um, so yeah, we kind of, we do custom hay baling. It is. No, it's, it's definitely been a journey to kind of get where we are and kind of like you said on one of your earlier podcasts, the farm that you're at now, your homestead, it kind of fell into your lap and kind of this farm for us, the 40 extra acres, it did the same thing. So we're just, I don't know, every year I've got a little farm stand I do in a big garden and canning and just, I don't know, just kind of, if you think of it, we've tried it. It yeah. may not have been done well, but we have tried it. <laughs> I love that. I love that you do a mix of everything because you're never going to know what you actually enjoy and what's your best fit if you don't try it. And so you said all of this kind of fell into your lap. So you're not a generational farmer. Is that correct? I w- yeah, I wouldn't call us that. My husband, he's from Illinois. Um, his family, they they were grain farmers um okay. which we don't do any of that and then I grew up on a dairy goat farm and we have zero goats so farm <laughs> experience but I wouldn't call it generational right yeah yeah when I think of generational I think okay they're doing the exact same thing as what they were raised around and did as they were growing up right. H and same animals so we are not generational farmers either So you got into sheep just last year. What made you get into them? It's kind of a weird story. I was pregnant during the pandemic, which is not a fun time um, for anyone. But, and I had just had an emergency appendectomy. So I couldn't do anything. I was used to like getting out with the cows, checking on the calves every day, checking on the pigs, taking care of everything down the farm. And I couldn't do anything. So I found this farm. I was just surfing Facebook because that's pretty much all I could do at that point. I was completely useless. And I found this, this site just kind of crazily. And this woman, she had baby doll South Down sheep. Mm-hmm. And she took these beautiful pictures of her gardens and like her little cottage that her and her husband lived in and every day she would post that with a scripture verse and I was like I know and it would they were the most beautiful pictures and 
it just, I fell in love with the idea of them. And so I started doing more research and I joined every baby doll South Down Street <laughs> group on Facebook, including the ones in Australia. I didn't care. And they just were such a perfect fit at the time. I, I was obsessed. My husband would say, absolutely obsessed, crazy. It's all I could talk about. And finally, he was, oh my God, fine. If you find them, I will go pick them up. And I found two weathers in Kentucky and started with them and then just kind of slowly pieced, well, maybe not as slowly as he would have liked, but <laughs> as quickly as I would have liked, we pieced together a herd of nine. They're, yeah. they're really cool for homesteads that maybe don't have the acreage mm -hmm. that um, a lot of other sheep farmers would have because they're real low line, they're small. They don't, they're just really easy keepers. Okay. They're super docile. You can easily train them to come up to you. You can, you can use them for meat and wool. So okay. while we haven't done any of the meat yet, the, the wool aspect, we had them sheared and we've been working with it. We had that sent away and had it come back as roving and my mom's spinning it. And oh, so, so yeah, it's been a really fun event. Yeah, oh, yeah, I they've been great. That. They're super cute. So you gotta look them up. They're called the smiling sheep. So oh, that's so cute. So they're like the Cernet sheep. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Absolutely. No, they're really comical. They've been great, and even my husband will tell you he doesn't hate them all of the time. So <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> so. Wow, that is a lot. And okay, so did you have your appendectomy after having your toddler or before? Was it kind of like around the same time? No, I was I was 26 weeks pregnant. <gasps> oh no. Yes. Oh wow. Yeah, wow. it was yeah, it was really scary. It was not fun, but yes, everything was fine and he was totally healthy and oh. yep. That's a lot all at once. <laughs> it was, but somehow that it seems like that's how we do things. It's like all at once or not at all. So yeah, hey, I totally understand. <laughs> that's well, so funny. You with your, your eight dogs, is that right? Oh, yeah, it's a whole pack. Five of them are working breeds. Um, the other three are not. I would say, okay, so one could be, he's an Alaskan Malamute, but we don't have stove like they do in Alaska. So there's no use for him. And the other two definitely okay. not. <laughs> he's just fuzzy bear. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we raised me. That's sweet. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so we had talked prior to this, but you have rescue pigs and we have, so we raise meat pigs. Do you, I have to ask, do you eat pork at all in any capacity or do you stay away from it because you've rescued pigs or what is that dynamic like? No, we actually no. We eat pork. Um, and my father-in-law actually gets us half a hog every Aww. year. These guys were just in a situation that it just wasn't, 
it wasn't good and they probably weren't going to make it out of it. Um, they just were with resource guarding dogs. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, and the dogs were great. It just wasn't a good mesh and they yeah. kept attacking the pigs. Oh, so, and then we ended up with a brother and a sister, Cooney Cooney mix. Yeah. Really what they are. <laughs> but yeah, so they're, they're, we've got three months and then Unfortunately, the brother and sister, I missed the heat cycle by like, I swear it was oh, no. day. And so they had a litter, but only a litter, only one made it. Oh. So we bottle fed her and then we have her and then we've got one more. So we have five. So, <laughs> I know. Thing. I love them. I know. Well, hey, you... I see the pictures of your pigs. You love them too. But yeah, we oh, yeah. do eat pigs, just not ours. Every once yeah. in a while, we'll threaten when one is very, very bad. But <laughs> yes, yeah, we haven't done the pig thing yet. We have a rooster that we constantly threaten because his brother went into the freezer and we, we served him to a, one of our family friends. And he is shaped up because he knew that he was gonna go and it's funny because they came with the farm and their names yeah. are, are george and charlie and so prince george or king george and prince charles and charlie went to the freezer because he just wasn't acting right and i said look this yeah. <laughs> this monarchy's gotta go here soon if this does if this stays going the way it's going. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a lot of fun with it <laughs> i love that so in your downtime, did you start? That's so cute. Oh, it's, it's always something. It's, we don't name a lot of them. <laughs> so we keep it very strict. I get that. <laughs> so with your downtime, did you, <laughs> when did you start blooming boxes? And where can we, like, how did this come to come about? So I know that you, came down you now raise a, a child you have a son you have the farm what decided what made you want to jump into something else <laughs> okay um no actually i started the farm stand down farm we have a big garden and i was like i want to make food more accessible for people like fresh yeah. food yeah um and so I was like, okay, I'll start like just a little, you know, sell things for not a whole lot of money. So anyone could come and get some fresh tomatoes or potatoes or green beans. And I was like, well, what else could I put out? And so I started making melt and pour soap. I wasn't ready for the lie yet. I was like, yeah. I had a newborn, like I just, so I wanted to keep it simple, but kind of kept adding things and changing up. And then we just had a neighbor that wanted to do a little craft fair up at her house. And I started looking to see what else I could make. And it's like, well, okay, I could make some shower fizzies and mm -hmm. bath bombs. And then it's like all of a sudden I had, and it all went over really well, but I still had inventory and I was like, what else can I do? And finally this summer, I just, you know, we live in Bloomington, Indiana, and they have a place called B-Town Boxes. And it's these little gift boxes that you can get. And it's from all different places around Bloomington. So like IU socks oh, and like a mug from 
you know, Nick's restaurant and this and that. And they're promotional stuff for like players or, or businesses that they're trying to get people to come to the area. And I just was like, wait a minute, blooming boxes. I can put everything into a gift box yeah. instead of trying to sell it individually. Mm-hmm. And then just figured out how to use Shippo, which is amazing. And um, yeah, I just actually shipped a bunch of boxes to Minnesota the other day. And oh, I was like, fun. I can't believe this is happening. But yeah, so it's starting. It's starting. So we'll see. Next year, it's really going to ramp up. I hope. Yeah. Yeah. Are you on any websites or Etsy, anything like that, where you can maximize what you're doing and creating? Not yet. That's the next step. Um, Mm -hmm. I just have a Facebook page for Blooming Boxes right now. That's it. We had a flood that I know I kind of mentioned to you that kind of wiped out uh, about half of our house a couple months ago. So we're still kind of rebuilding. I was hoping to have the website up by Christmas, but it's okay. It'll get delayed till next year. So yeah, it it's a start. Exactly. And the fact that you know how to create the products already, you can get it all prepared before that launch, that website launch. So you're not having this backlog. Yeah. It's really funny because um, before (laughs) when my husband and I got together, I was making bath bombs and salts and fizzies and all kinds of things. And then now now I'm shifting into all the different animals that you're doing. So we're kind of doing everything in reverse of each other's <laughs> lives. <laughs> I, I love that. I love that. That's great. It's so fun. So what struggles have you experienced aside from the appendectomy and childbirth and COVID? What have you felt has been the hardest that you've been faced with, with juggling everything? I think the hardest was really after my son was born and he was born in early February and it was the coldest, worst week after he was born. And it's like, I had a newborn that I had no clue what to do with. And my husband had to be gone a lot because he had to take care of everything. And then it's just that I think is a struggle for a lot of, you know, homesteading wives. It's like, you know, at some point when it's like, you're the primary caregiver, the husband, and he's the one that knows how to run the feed grinder and the round baler and all those big things. And so you're kind of alone and it's the isolation that was hard. Because when you live rurally, you don't have that same, I think it's harder to have that community there because yeah. everyone's kind of spread out and everyone has their own homes and their own livestock mm-hmm. that they're trying to take care of. So yeah. that was hard because you, you felt, I felt like a single mom mm-hmm. in and out kind of for the first year and a half. I understood why, but it didn't always make me feel better. Right. So I think yeah. that was a huge struggle. Yeah. How did you overcome it once you started that realization and how did you get back into a routine of productivity and finding your place now as a mom and he, and then juggling coming back into your role of homesteading, farming and picking up 
tours again with the livestock and gardening and everything else. So the one of the biggest things that helped me was um, we built a greenhouse actually up at our house. The only thing we have actually up here other than the dog, um, we've got one of the chicken coops and, and duck coops is up here. Everything else is down the farm, which, you know, unfortunately the baby monitor doesn't work that far away. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so built a greenhouse. So at least I could do some gardening. I could start things. I could be outside, which is where I would prefer to be anyways. Mm -hmm. um, and at least like it, it, it made me feel like I could still make some small difference when he was taking his naps. And then when I started doing blooming boxes, we kind of made a little makeshift office in our storage area and cleaned out a bunch of stuff we did not need anymore. And I said, okay, this is just going to start being my time. I guess my house is just going to be dirty. I don't <laughs> care. I, I, I need to do this for me. And it, it made me a yeah. lot happier. I love that. I am constantly telling my clients because by day I'm a personal trainer and nutrition and health coach. And, and I say by day, as if I'm not here most of the day also. So like a little chunk of my day, I do this and I tell them, I say, it's okay. Things can be delayed. Don't deny yourself your mental health and, and something for yourself, yeah. because then you're going to deny yourself quality health later on if you just allow things to get delayed in in the capacity of like dishes or sweeping because someone's going to trek in dirt in a couple minutes right after don't worry about it you know we have an <laughs> we have an almost 100 year old farmhouse and i'm always like i'll get to it on the weekend i don't care because we're gone in and out nonstop throughout the week it's not realistic so Germs are good. They're good for our body. Yes, they are. Yes, <laughs> they are. <laughs> no, I think that that's amazing advice that you can give them. Because we do, we get caught up. And I think social media, as amazing as it is, is also a little, maybe, I don't know, predatorial in that it makes us all think we have to have these perfect farmhouses. Right. And everything's clean. Everything is placed. There's no toys out. Look at this. And like the, you know, the mommy influences and stuff. And, and yeah. it's not to knock them. I mean, hey, they're, they're making a living. They're doing their right. thing, whatever it, but it does. It, it, I think every once in a while I, I fall victim to, mm -hmm. but like, I need that. And it's like, I don't actually need any of that. That's fine. Yeah. The floor is not that dirty. It's okay. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I love getting ideas from these influencers, but I come to realize it is a very staged picture. And so we have to remember yeah. that that's just the highlight. And that's, you know, like I can show when my, my siding got redone, that's just the highlight, right? I didn't show that there was rotting wood but that had to be replaced, <laughs> but it did. I mean, it's a hundred year old house. So uh, it just, I don't know. My steps need power washed. Oh, well, 
they they were not part of insurance's coverage but i will get it done and i don't care if anyone sees this. yeah I'm still rotting po er, potatoes there's rotting pumpkins up there <laughs> and i'm like i need to throw these to the chickens or the pigs but that's that's one reason why i really started this yeah. podcast is it we're not all put together 24 7 and we don't have to be and honestly if you're not in the thick of it you're not going to have that experience either you're just going to be a pretty picture and i want more people yeah. to come out and share the struggles because it is so idolized now to go into homesteading and farming but then you don't you don't see the side of wow someone left the water on and it's been running overnight because they forgot to turn it off because they got distracted because dinner was yeah. ready and then you your well runs dry or your water bill because we're actually on city water two and a half miles outside of town and I'm like okay I'm gonna call them and say hey sorry we our water ran the hose overnight and our contractors were here we got distracted can we take this off it was an accident and they'll do it but that's not the case for everyone and then you have the field flooded or you know the buckets and it's muddy and then you have to worry about thrush and these are things that people don't think of and, and yes I'm like whoa you don't realize until it happens <laughs> no you don't not at all no it's it's such a complex thing and like we've run into that recently we had probably my favorite cow um she had a dead calf oh, that's so and hard. then it was a couple days later we had a, a newborn calf that was attacked by coyotes and oh. killed which we've never had a problem with and you're just like and it does and it beats on you because you're just like I, I we have two beautiful healthy calves well now three as of yesterday oh that's so it does it haunts you yeah. thank you but it does it absolutely haunts you i think you know i love so many of the homesteader pages but like there are also people that as you said get into it and they don't think mm -hmm. it's ever going to be hard it's like oh breeding is easy like can you put a male and a female together and then they have babies and it's good mm -hmm. and it's like and, and hopefully most time that is the case that everything is good but mm -hmm. there are so many unforeseen we've never had we've never even seen a single coyote on our farm yeah we just redid all the mm -hmm. electrical fence last year it's all new and, and this year for some reason we're just having issues so oh. Yeah, it is. Those are those are the invisible struggles. Yes. And it's interesting you say that because um we lost one of our livestock guardian dogs. She got out and got hit. And so we never had a predator issue. But this year, because now that she's gone and we don't constantly have one free because I can't trust them. They're kind of stupid still. They're in that age where you can't really trust them yet. Um, <laughs> and anyone who has livestock right. dogs knows <laughs> that there are ages where they're still stupid and not to be trusted because they'll take off and they yeah. take a couple yeah. days. <laughs> but we had a fox and right. it wiped out some of my ducks and a couple of chickens and we caught it on camera. And ever since we set out a live trap, it won't come back, which I'm appreciative of. However, I know it's out there. And if I take that crap away, 
what that's going to probably bring it back in. You know, it's just, it's hard. And we hear the coyotes, you know, we have piglets and they're in, um, I don't know how you do all of your setup, but we do communal living for the most part on our acreage and they have their own shelters. And then we gate them off in separate areas at night, um, except for the pigs all of mine live together even my boars they don't mess with the piglets and we have some geese out there but i now that i know one of my neighbors has lost cows to coyotes and a bobcat it's scary because they're just right down a hill from us and around a curve and so all they would have to do is get ballsy and and trek up the hill and they typically won't because they like to lay low and be somewhere in the valley and easy that they can get in and out but if they came up these hills were nestled right at the top right then it's free game for the most part and so that's terrifying what would you say would be a, a really good deterrent and what do you have as deterrents other than the electrical fence um because we use a lot of motion sensor lights solar motion sensor lights out where we're at We've got a couple motion sensor lights on the barns right now. Um, one of the biggest things is my husband just started doing silage bales this year. Mm -hmm. So basically wet wrapping round bales. Mm -hmm. And it is a lot sweeter. I mean, it smells almost like molasses. And so he's been feeding more of those to try to keep the cows up closer to the barn. Oh, yeah. So, and we've been doing that in lieu of some grain. So hopefully we're kind of wanting them to stay as close. Um, him and a couple of friends have come out and tried to hunt. Um, they fired off a couple of shots the other day just to try if anyone was in the area, maybe to see if that would deter them. Our dogs all stay up here, like I said before with us, but then he's been taking them down with him a couple of times yeah. today, hoping they're gonna mark some stuff. Oh, good. And, and we also we also have a mini dog out with oh good cows. good so we have a standard one <laughs> yeah yeah oh, okay oh god i love donkeys so much we're looking for another one but we yeah, call so him <laughs> we call him honky donkey and he's like him? 30 years old and he's just cranky all the time <laughs> oh i love donkeys so much I'll send you a picture when we're off of here. Yeah, they're so good against predators. And he tried the other night. He was please do. I'll send you one of ours too. Okay. But yeah, he he tried really hard the other night. I mean, he was completely sweated up. Oh. But I we honestly think that there was a pack. Yeah. And it was just too much. I mean, but and you never really know when you're not down there what happened. Right. Um, but it was, you know, it was it was her first baby, so maybe she didn't really know entirely what was going on until it was too late. But yeah, I mean, you know, again, you can try to do everything you can think of right, and there's still yeah. a million things that nature will make sure go wrong. That, right. That's that's the humbling thing, I think. It is. Me. It is very humbling. You don't realize that you can't control anything, and. Yeah. We can put in all of these barriers and security measures and, and the animal will get through it. There's, they are so yeah. smart. Yeah, they really are. So, I mean, you just kind of have to do the best you can. And I think, 
you know, the more you can get advice from other people that unfortunately have gone through the situation before, every time we talk to someone that's had that happen, we've learned something that it's like, well, we could try this. Don't know if it's going to work, but we could try it. Mm-hmm. So it's like never thinking that you have all the answers is the other thing too. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So, okay. That kind of segues us into my next question. What is the best advice that you've received along your journey from someone? And then what are the best three tips you have for the listener? Okay. Um, I think the best kind of overall advice we've gotten, and this has been from a few people, and I don't know that it's ever maybe come down as advice, or at least I didn't take it as that at the time, but then later realized it was, is that like, you are just going to have bad years. Yeah. And that sounds so depressing. And it was really hard because you're like, wait a minute, bad years? Like, no, 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 maybe like a bad week or like a bad month. And then you get into it and it just, things accumulate. Like we had just said, you know, nature, we have no control over it, you know, and we had, it was, oh gosh, I'm trying to think. It would have been two and a half years ago. We had a major flood wiped out the whole garden. I mean, everything ruined about half of our fence that we had just put up. You know, it just wiped out all the dirt in the barns. And these were old barns that we were slowly trying to repair and wiped down a bunch of dirt. We had to reinforce posts. And then it was like a couple months later, there was a tornado that went through. And thankfully, we didn't get the same damage as other people did. And again, Mm -hmm. I'm very thankful. But still, you've got limbs and trees down on other parts of the fence that we just yeah. And that, you know, you have years where it just, it does, it accumulates and accumulates. And it's, again, it's like, I don't, the advice, I guess, that they were trying to tell me is like, yeah, it sometimes does get really bad. And that's just part of it. You know, when you accept this sort of lifestyle, you kind of, I don't know, maybe have to give it up to God sometimes. Yeah, for sure that there's only so much you can do. You're just human and, and the rest, as much as you want to yell and get mad. And we've done plenty of that too. I'm not going to lie. I think it's a daily thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it really is. But you just, you have to accept it as part of it. Yeah. So, um, as far as three tips, I mean, I think one would be Invite in the unexpected mm-hmm. because I never thought I would be running a business from home with a toddler and a herd of sheep. And my <laughs> husband still laughs because he was like, I, I was, I, I ran the dairy barn at ISU yeah. when I was in college and I have beef <laughs> cattle and sheep. Like, what is this world? But we were just presented with opportunities and we took them and we were able to make something. And now we can feed our family. And um, that's been a really, really blessed thing over the years. And so sometimes letting in the unexpected leads you to a place you didn't think you ever wanted to go. So that would be number one. 
Um, hmm, okay, I'm gonna have to refer to notes. <laughs> I love oh, it. Yeah, having <laughs> having a backup fund. Yeah, that was huge when we first started the farm because we had no money to do anything um and being able like when i was selling eggs mm -hmm. and when i was selling some some veggies and stuff on the side it's like i would squirrel away some of that money not all of it but squirrel it away and forget about it just yeah. keep adding a couple dollars a week to it because like when the washing machine breaks in the middle of the night mm -hmm. when a tractor needs to have a complete engine overhaul and lucky enough my husband can do that but to get the parts and stuff like that um it helped us out a lot that even if there was just two hundred dollars in there yeah and and that was it it it's still you're like okay okay, at least that'll pay for groceries for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. At least that can pay for this. And then we can use some of the, you know, so that really, really helped us out a lot over yeah. the years. So, and I, I'm not always good with it as egg season starts to slow down. Right. Somehow I have these Lagern chickens that I don't even, I don't like Lagerns. They're mean. My husband <laughs> loves them. He wants white eggs. I said, fine, get the Lagerns. And they're so mean. They are. We and actually <laughs> lay like six to ten. <laughs> we had a rooster that came in, and I'm not going to lie, George and Charlie took care of him because he thought he was the top rooster. And I was like, dude, I'm going to have to separate you. And I didn't have the means to separate him full time. And I was like, nature is just going to have to run its course. Like, what am I supposed to do with them? And he became cat and dog food because I just, I, yeah. I, I got to practice processing at, after that. I was like, I don't know what's going to happen to you, but you need to, <laughs> you need to chill. And he wouldn't chill and he met his fate. So. Yeah. Yeah. Roosters. <laughs> almost always a problem we we have a polish rooster right now who is very nice Aww. so we hope we, he stays out we have about 20 roosters at all times we'll like, see. so they're they're all pretty good with each other but there's always one that comes in and i'm like guys you gotta calm down but we have a good ratio so it's <laughs> normally not a problem but there's always one every so often that yes absolutely yeah right now it's my six leggers that are all really really mean to everyone else but we'll see they're still laying so they get to live <laughs> i love it oh so good i actually posted on thanksgiving my two turkey tums i said they live to see another thanksgiving <laughs> <laughs> yeah well yeah we had four turkeys that we raised this year and yeah we had one for thanksgiving my in-laws had one so it was the first year we'd ever done it and it was really fun it was a lot i love it it was a lot different than i thought it would be because if you like you had said sometimes you just don't name them and that yeah. helps mm -hmm. but yeah I think if I just go, this is going to feed my family and that's mm -hmm. just what it is. And it actually didn't bother me like I thought it would. And yeah. it, it was actually really nice that I didn't have to go out and buy a turkey this year for the first time. 
So the prices are insane. I get that. Anyway. I love turkey. I saw your little baby turkey. She's yeah. so sweet. She's a little feisty oh though. So cute. <laughs> I love it. Oh. Yeah, no, she's adorable. Thanks. So what is tip number three? Um, tip number three would probably be finding, finding the good and the bad, which can be, I will absolutely say this. I am not always a cup half full gal. Um, I'm, I'm more like there's only this glass. There's only half the water in it. I'm more of just the realist. I can't. Mm -hmm. I don't know. So to find like the good and the bad, like even when we had, um, uh, when our pig was pregnant and I didn't want her to be, and I was so worried and I'd heard all these horror stories of like their first time and that they're inbred. And, you know, when we only had one make it, I was, of course I was pregnant at the time too. So it was of course, double the hormones right. on everyone's part <laughs> and it was awful. And I was so upset. And then finally, it was just like, you have to stop because there's nothing else you can do. Mm -hmm. If there was something else you could do, then you should go and do it. But at some point, right. there's nothing else you can do. And the only thing I could do was go down <clears throat> literally six times a day and feed this little baby pig. Yeah. So, because I wanted to supplement. Mom was feeding her, but kind of sporadically. Yeah. And then I ended up winning her Vienna Sausage. And she is the funniest little pig. She's so <laughs> cute. And we absolutely love her. So it's <laughs> so yeah, it, it was. It was something that was really terrible. We were all really upset. My parents were looking forward to it. And everyone was just anticipating. And then it just, it was really sad. But then we also got her out of it. So yeah, I think, yeah, if you let yourself get too down in the dark then you just stay there and you never sure. see that there is still is normally some good yeah so that would be my third one it is very easy to get down in the dark of things especially in the winter as it gets harder because there's snow there's the cold there's ice yes. it, it is a lot and you know I love spring through fall it's so easy to tackle everything and the days you just have so much <laughs> yeah. more energy <laughs> so that's a really good tip just find the good because you know even if you have a loss you can look at what good came prior to losing them or where they're coming from or all the yeah. things that you did do and what you learned from it and I think we all forget that we're all constantly learning all the time yeah yeah no that's important yeah no one is the true master of any of it you know we all make mistakes and even those you know I've had plenty of people that have been in in the cattle business for 30 40 years I mean and still bad things happen so mm -hmm. yeah you just have to keep learning and growing yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I think it's very easy to, when you think that you know everything, that's when mistakes start happening again. Like as if you were a beginner, because then you start <laughs> overlooking things that should be second nature, but you get complacent and you can't be complacent in this industry, in this community. And 
because then you are going to have bad years more often. <laughs> are you someone? Yeah, no, that's such a good point. Are you someone who looks at the weather like every day to see what the rest of the week is going to be like? Because I'm kind of crazy like that. And I'm like, okay, here's what we're going to do on this day, this day, this day. And here's what we can accomplish. <laughs> and here's what we need to prepare for. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, completely. And I wasn't ever that way at home until I got pregnant. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, no. Like, we can't live like this anymore. And my <laughs> husband is the complete non-planner oh. like, we don't need to have a plan it'll be fine and I'm like no it won't be so yes I am absolutely I've got to have it even though at the end of the week I go well I didn't do this 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 mm -hmm. this or this but eh, I tried right I actually every day send it because Micah gets home my husband gets home before I do and so, but he leaves before I do. So it kind of works out. Like there's always a steady rotation and I send him a list. I'm like, can you do this before I get home or before you go to bed tonight? <laughs> Every day. <laughs> Our dynamic is very 50-50 marital business. <laughs> I'm like, I need you to be my partner in two aspects. <laughs> I get it. I get it. No, I completely understand. Yeah. You've got to divide and conquer. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> so are you guys, it does not be personal, you don't have to answer. Um, what are you guys thinking about expanding your family or is it, are you just planning on having just your son? Because I think a lot of people think that when you come into homesteading, most of them have big families. They all split the chores as if like we're Amish or living in the 16 to 1800s. And there's this weird stigma of big families and uh, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we were kind of on the fence of we could stay where we're at with just the two and but maybe we want more and so we're 28 and 29 so we're a little bit younger and so my actually my husband's mom had him around 37 38 so I I was like oh I love that someone else gets it but you're so energetic and I feel like you're you're just on the ball of everything <laughs> I don't know we thought about it and it you, you know we were married for such a long time before we had our first we really wanted our time yeah and weren't really sure if we want to start a family and then it was like okay no we're gonna have one and we're really happy with one we're gonna stick with one you're right though there is such a stigma you know uh, the industry that my husband works in it's like there's just farmers around all the time they're always like no you're gonna have another one no <laughs> gonna have another couple it's like no I'm not we're good we're good you don't need to worry about that I've got it under control so yeah we're just gonna keep the one and then hopefully at some point we will be a generational farm yeah if he wants to take it over we'll see that's I love up to that. him so I love that that's yeah. so sweet <laughs> well he's gonna he's not even two he's 22 
months. So he has a little bit of time to decide what yeah. he wants to do. A little so bit. Right a now, couple years. Yeah. <laughs> a couple. It's fine. Yeah. We'll see when he gets there. It, it's so funny because I know which one of my girls will carry on the torch and which one won't. Because <laughs> she's like, this is so much work. And then the other <laughs> one is up before the sun. And I'm like, will you calm down? Let me get my coffee. <laughs> that's cute but you know and I think that's another thing too it's like they'll figure out their own paths regardless of where they we want them to go down right but regardless of that I think even just getting exposed to the lifestyle even if they choose not to live it I think is important too yeah they're going to see value in things that other people don't and so for me, I was not raised on a farm, but I had livestock and I did 4-H. I was a 10-year 4-H'er and I I did not take the skills that I learned with me until almost a decade later when I was like, okay, I need to pull my head out of my ass and realize what I have my hands on and actually value what is on God's green earth because I was so superficial you know I think we all go through that phase though too where we're like okay like we just have money we're being selfish and we just have us and I don't have kids yet and then when you have kids you're like I want so much more for them I want something different than how I was raised and and I think we all break that that generate I wouldn't even call it all generational curses but we we break the cycle of okay, I was raised this way, but I'm going to raise my kids this way. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And there's always something that we can learn from our childhood. I mm-hmm. love my parents. They were amazing. I would never, ever change in a million ways how I grew up. But there's always those things, too, that you like, yeah, okay, we want to do this a little bit differently yeah. like our family. These different traditions. We're going to try this. I mean, yeah. you know, I never liked sheep when I was growing up, and now I have sheep. Like, what is that? So, That's so funny. I said, embrace the unexpected. Yes, absolutely. Hey, I showed beef cows, and now I'm in dairy. Okay, so I did a flip-flop, and I'm like, what? But dairy cattle are cheaper to feed so no don't don't shoot the messenger (laughs) yep no i get it oh my god my husband loves holsteins he's obsessed yes that's what we have (laughs) very full of them i love it they're so sweet (laughs) i know i will see if he gets his dairy farm here in a few years oh that's awesome i'm so so is that it's like just, your five to ten year done. plan what is what is your five to ten year plan oh god if you ask him it's a dairy um you know I think the the only thing with the dairy was I did it for such a long time milking twice a day it is not an easy gig yes. and people go well I mean but you could milk it seven and you could milk it 11 at night and it's like it doesn't work like that right you know it's it's just such a rigid schedule and it really just sticks you at home so I don't know there's aspects of it that I absolutely love 
I would love to make, you know, homemade butter and I would love to make Mm -hmm. ice cream and all those yummy things and cheeses and stuff that you can do with it. I don't know. We'll see. So, but I think just honestly expanding the cow herd some, um, actually being in a really good breeding cycle with the sheep and being able to make money off them, um, that would be exciting. So we'll see. I think just growing, growing everything in general and doing it better. Like I just ordered a bunch of seeds for next year's garden and I'm just going through all the magazines like a crazy person. And my husband's like, what are you doing? I'm like, leave me alone, please. I'm in my happy place. Yes. I have a beer and Baker's Creek early seed catalog. Yes. Like, this, like <laughs> this is my addiction. Um, so yeah. And I think, you know, I'm already planning it out in my mind and every year I keep trying to do that. And with the greenhouse, I'm hoping we can grow so much more from seed than we ever even thought we could. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's to keep building it bigger and better every year. And then we'll see where it takes us. I love that. I love that so much. Well, thank you so much for being on here. I I literally feel like we just have been friends forever. So <laughs> I can't wait. I do definitely I want know. I definitely want wool in the future because I it's just such a high quality to begin with and it's better for our bodies. I don't know if you've ever looked into frequencies of, of fabric and and how it your body absorbs and, and carries it. It's amazing. Wool is like top notch of everything. Okay. Oh, it's oh, incredible. So many studies. So I'll send it to you. <laughs> but you are doing amazing. Okay, please do. I will. So thank you for being oh, my thank you. beta tester for my Zoom call. And Happy I, can't to do it. <laughs> I can't wait to see everything that you continue to do. And thank you again. I have loved this. Hi, right, same here. I will talk to you later. Uh, Thanks so much, Hannah. Yeah. Have a good night. It sounds good. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.